Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow the let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. Wednesday, December 26, 2018. Your host, Frank Arone here, as always. Uh, this week, I'm actually up in uh, blizzardly, blizzardly Detroit Lakes. It's uh, pretty crazy. The snow started to come down up here. We'll be interested to see if I can make it around to work tomorrow or not. It's already piling up, and uh, my apologies if there's any connection issues here, because I'm using my, my hotspot up in the up in the woods, so... Anyway, let's uh, head back to Mound and, and bring in Crabber. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, your hat's put up in the woods. I don't know if uh, that's such a technical term or something else, but uh, we'll go with it. <laughs> it sounds like a bad book or movie or something. Yeah, uh, yeah old uh, Frankie Paulson, but uh, yeah, not too bad uh, sitting at your home. Like you said, I just uh, getting on the pod here, saw some snow coming down outside, so get some snow here as well. I don't know how much it's supposed to be, but I guess that's one benefit of work from home. We don't have to deal around with that snow and mess around with that. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's beautiful up here too. Up at uh, a girlfriend's place, her parents, and I got a nice lot here, right on the corner of the lake. And uh, snow's coming down pretty good, but it's uh, definitely, definitely pretty looking as long as you don't have to drive through it or anything. Um, anyway, what uh, I know, we uh, came up here yesterday for Christmas Day, but we were together on Christmas Eve. But how was uh, the rest of your Christmas? Then how did Christmas Day go for you? Yeah, not a whole lot. Supposed to have some people coming over and uh, ended up bailing pretty similar to last Christmas, as you uh, well know. We won't get into that, but yeah, pretty much just hung out and watching some TV and some movies and yeah, not not a whole lot. Didn't even drink at all. So it was uh, kind of nice. Had a busy Sunday, busy Monday, so I guess it wasn't too bad to just relax and uh, you know not not get after it too much and be a little lazy uh, Tuesday for Christmas Day. How about, yeah, your, how about yourself? Sounds pleasant. Oh, it was good. Had a good time. Uh, didn't didn't quite follow you there on the not drinking at all <laughs> we didn't get too crazy but definitely definitely had a few pops and watched the grinch and had a good dinner so it was, uh, it was a good time they yeah i know they got their own i know yeah i was gonna say what? i know there's a big we need to get the, the validation we got to figure out what the, the word was what was the, the sauce that we're gonna bring up yeah i was gonna say we, we have our own family sauce for those who don't know for spaghetti that's been in the family for many years that's pretty top-notch and uh, the girlfriend was claiming that theirs was better, which it was pretty good, pretty good, but, uh, I don't think it quite competes un- unsurprisingly. So it, uh, we actually had it again tonight as leftovers. So it was nice, good stuff, but, uh, I think, uh, the Arone, Arone special is the way to go there. So anyway, let's, uh, jump into it and do a little week, uh, week 16 recap. The weekend recap. All right. So aside from. Uh, Christmas and everything. How did Week 16 treat you from a betting perspective, there, Crabber? 
Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty narrow card for me. Not a whole lot of release plays, but uh, sometimes that's fine. Sometimes you don't see stuff, and there's a few plays that um, I'm glad I didn't release. So it usually seems like it goes the other way. You kind of get mad that you're on the right side and you didn't do anything. I guess uh, I guess with that being said, I did have Pittsburgh there in that later game, so I wouldn't have equaled it out in a sense. But I stayed away from my Miami just comes from conflicting things I saw, even though on the podcast. That's why we do do it earlier, like on a Wednesday. It uh, your, your opinions can change before kickoff, and just some more information comes in and, and some contradicting plays of what I had and uh, information. So I ended up staying away from that game, which ended up, well, I bet it myself, but I didn't release it as a play. Uh, which would end up being a good thing, so uh, that no, that was a pretty bad game. I'm glad I wasn't involved. But my only play as of last week uh, was Houston plus two and a half, and uh, we'll get into the next segment. But end up getting there. I don't think it was the the best of play. I thought it would have been a little bit easier, but uh, I think Philadelphia kind of dominated that game for the most part, and up by two touchdowns there. And then Houston came late, uh, came up late, and was winning there at the end of the game, and then gave up the field goal to end up losing by two. So. Houston plus two and a half is what released on the AS page, uh, my release page there. So I ended up getting the the loss, but a cover. So that was good to keep the streak going. Had a pretty had a pretty good uh, season as of late, and getting back to about uh, almost back to even on the year. So that was a uh, good climbing out of a little bit of a hole. But hopefully we can make a little bit of run again. Don't foresee much in the week seventeen here, but hopefully make a little bit of run going into the playoffs and finish the year off strong. Yeah, uh, kind of similarly like you talked about staying off Miami uh, for the same reason. My pick of the week last week was Pittsburgh, but I actually stayed away from it as an official release just because a lot of people I respected were on the Saints, and as the week went on, I kind of started to question myself a little bit. Didn't actually release it as a play, which so like work against you at times there too, like it did in that game. So that was a little frustrating, but I still went 3-1 and one on the week. Uh, it was kind of funny, though, because I actually felt like my picks weren't, you know, the plays they ended up getting there, but I honestly didn't think it was good as some weeks where I went 1-3. and three. Because I got lucky there with backdoors on Buffalo and Cincinnati. We both got through the backdoor late. And then, like you said, with that Houston game was, you know, toss-up at best. And uh, then I did end up releasing Miami, which obviously was a loser. But it's kind of funny how on certain weeks I feel like I'm spot on and a couple weird things happen late. You don't get covers. And then this week was the kind of the polar opposite of that, which really hasn't happened to me too much this year. So at least, at least uh, I'm getting a couple things to go my way here late in the year. And uh, as far as the pick of the weeks go, I'm back to 500 on theirs. So that's that's good. I know we've both been pretty hot on those here over the last few weeks, so hopefully we can keep that rolling. But anyway, let's jump in. I know you said there's a handful of examples. Let's jump into getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what games last week did the number come into play in? Yeah, uh, like you said and like I said before, handful of examples here and I know we said a lot we said a last podcast but uh, as the games get later in the season here it kind of makes sense that you get more of these and again I uh, got a great example just because of the lines get sharper and hammered into place with more data and more information as the season goes on uh, with, the, with the current teams and, and current form so uh, let's get started off here Tampa Dallas that was uh, actually a double header here for uh, getting the best of the number but uh, for the side Dallas opened seven, got bit up to seven and a half, and was sitting at seven and a half for most of the week. And then uh, by close, it got a little bit of action back on Tampa, and it was kind of a split line, but mostly sevens. But there were a few seven and a halfs at close, but that game landed 27 20, so landed right on seven. So could have got a push out of there at Dallas. I don't think I saw any six and a halfs ever, uh, so I don't think he could ever won with Dallas, but he could have for sure got a push. And then um, uh, and very easily could have won with Tampa Bay getting the, getting the extra hook there at seven and a half. And like we talk about threes being the most key number in the NFL, and then uh, short 
shortly after that is a seven or next after that is seven. So uh, seven's a key number and uh, we keep hammering home that point. So hopefully you guys uh, can understand that. Then uh, likewise, same game, the total, this is a big mover, uh, open 45 and a half, close 48 or 48 and a half. And I know I said on the podcast, I, uh, I thought that, uh, that the move, I didn't really agree with it. And I liked the under and, uh, I don't think I ended up playing it, but uh, that would have been one too if you would have betted it uh, late there after the move. I think after the podcast, it was it was probably sitting at forty-seven and a half or so when we did the podcast on Wednesday, so it moved up there pretty quick. So pretty much most of the week, if you would have bet that under, it would have been a winner. Again, landing twenty-seven twenty right on forty-seven. So, uh, but that's a pretty great example of going through that number of the, of the closes, and you could have bet it pretty easily uh, either way if you would have got on right away or waited till uh, kickoff and bet the under, you would have won. So. Uh, no, no nitpickiness there. Uh, next one we got Buffalo, New England side. That one a little bit more nitpicky at Buffalo. Uh, sorry, New England open ten and a half at Westgate, like we talked about on the podcast, and that one closed uh, as high as Buffalo fourteen or thirteen and a half, and that one landing twenty four to twelve. Uh, so obviously twelve point difference there. So another one going through that number. Uh, one I talked about in the last segment, Houston, Philadelphia. Philadelphia opened as a one point dog at home and quickly got some money. And uh, steadily got bet and was pretty much sitting at two and two or two and a half most of the week, and then got some late Houston action. So that one closed consensus at about two and a few two and a half still sprinkled out there, and that one landed like we talked about thirty-two to thirty, uh, landing right on two. And then Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, another this one a little bit more nitpicky. Westgate open Cleveland minus seven, minus one twenty, and closed as high as Cincinnati plus nine and a half or ten. That one landing uh, on on eight twenty-six to eighteen. Um, so a little bit harder to get, but still could have got it. And then finally, Chicago, San Francisco, same type of deal as the last game. Chicago opened five at the Westgate and closed uh, San Francisco plus three and a half. Fourteen uh, nine was the, cl- uh, the final score. They were landing right on five. So yeah, a lot of a lot of games and uh, something to pay attention to. And just uh, every week, it seems like it's more and more. Uh, obviously, as the season's going on, but something to, to stand top of here. Yeah, just a point that I think is illustrated well this week is I get asked a lot of times from friends and you know, non non uh serious betters that ask you know who's the sharp money on today or what's the sharp side on this week and like that uh dallas tampa game is a perfect example if you look right away at the beginning when it was what'd you say that opener was for the total was it 45 or 45 and a half close as high as 45 and a half 48 and a half yep yeah so he asked him it's like well there's a huge move right away on the over so well you know the the sharp money's on the bucks cowboys over but if you tell them that then they bet it late in the week and they bet over 47 and a half 48 whatever it is end up losing and say oh you know how sharp was that money it's like well the sharp money was on the over 45 and a half the sharp money wasn't on over 48 so uh, as we said you know the pro betters and the the sharpest guys they bet numbers they don't bet teams so asking a uh you know who's the sharp money on without any context doesn't definitely isn't something you just want to tail blindly and expect that you're going to win because it's not like they're playing with these huge point margins where they're going to be winners regardless of what the number does. So that's something to keep in mind is sharp money is sharp money with context, not just blindly backing a certain side or total. Yep. Well, exactly. Anyway, something definitely keep a note of. And uh, yeah, numbers uh, like for me betting, I don't look at the team hardly at all. Like you look at records, don't look at records. It's uh, it's the numbers, what you're betting. And yeah, that's what you have to stick to and stick to the principle and uh, get, get good numbers. <laughs> we uh, keep hammering this point home, but that's the uh, big, biggest part to be in a, you know, picking winners is one thing, but uh, getting the numbers, uh, really important yeah so this week's kind of uh, weird i know i mentioned at the end of last week's pod uh we are going to go through every game but there's a lot of games that are meaningless for both sides and or meaningless for one side entirely so we'll uh we'll go through everyone he'll give the opener and then which way the lines moved and maybe just have a quick 
sentence or two about each game that isn't really that important, and then maybe expand upon games where you have a little bit stronger feeling, or at least the game's a more of an important situation. And then as we get to the games, we'll talk about the playoff scenarios or potentially uh, you know how that could go. So anyway, let's start it off. Let's uh, get into Week 17. Can't believe we're here already, but uh, it's been a it hasn't been the best football season for me, but it's been a fun one. So let's uh, get right into it here. All the games are Sunday games. A lot of the games were flexed to afternoon games, so you're going to have a crop of early games and then a crop of later games. So I'm just going to go ahead and start with the early games first. We got Dallas heading to the Giants. Looks like the Giants are laying six, uh, six and a half at one spot here at home to Dallas, who's already locked up the four seed in the NFC and has nothing to play for. And uh, there's a total of 41 and a half. Um, yeah. So like, uh, this week here, like you mentioned, it's uh, it's a tough week. I don't see a whole lot of action coming for myself. I mean, I'll have some, some bets for sure, but for my own action that I put in the NFL, I'll be a very, very minuscule of what I'm going to have for bets, uh, volume just because of this week, uh, week 17 that is. And just kind of like you saw last week for me, at least the reason for that is I, a lot of, a lot of my bets come off of looking at market move, uh, trying to understand where the public's going to come in on the money. Uh, where the money's going to go, where the market's going to move on numbers, uh, everything else. I try to get ahead of that and betting motivations and betting good spots and other things like that and not necessarily betting injuries and, and who's going to play, who's not going to play. That's a lot of research and, and deep diving and reading you know, beat reporters and stuff, which I d- definitely don't do as much as uh, you know a, a, a typical uh, professional better would uh, or a other NFL sharp would. So I'm definitely not claiming to do that. So this would be a week for me specifically where I'm going to be uh, a low volume because of that, because there is opportunity in week 17. If you do that type of stuff, if you try to do research and get ahead of those, you know, who's playing and, and, and all that stuff, try to get ahead of information, but I'm not that type of person. I'm more of the, like I said, a spot person and uh, matchups and stuff. So this would be a really tough week for someone like a uh, better like me. So I'll precursor with that. So uh, with that being said, I'm not going to get my power ratings because they're not meaningless. Uh, there'd be a few games here that would be helpful, but for the most part, the power ratings aren't going to be too helpful. So I don't want to put any information on the pod that's not going to be too helpful for the listener. So let's uh, let's get after it here. Dallas the Giants. I'll still give the opener for the games that have it. Or sorry, the the, the look at line at the Westgate for the games that have it from the lines from the week before, and then I'll give the opener uh, at the Westgate Superbook like we do every week. So let's get going here. And uh, yeah, the uh, look at line for this game was the Giants minus two and a half. And the opener at the Westgate uh, was about seven, six and a half. Uh, it's kind of difficult too with Christmas and everything. Uh, putting the lines up and stuff is a little bit sluggish for the bookmaker. But yeah, opener here about seven, uh, and then six and a half uh, reopened on twenty uh, fifth. So, um, I this game here, I don't, I really have no opinion. I'm not going to give much, uh, much thought on any most of these games. Like I said, it's uh, if I don't have any any good information, there's no point in wasting time. So. I don't have, this will be a thing here. It's really just got to figure out who's playing. And like I said, I'm not too good at that. Uh, but Dallas, you'd expect to rest a lot of starters here, not really playing for anything um, where, where they're at. So um, yeah, nothing, nothing on this game for me. Yeah, me neither. Uh, it's hard to tell with Dallas who's going to start. Even if they do start Hong, they're going to play. And even on the Giants side, they've shown up some weeks and came out pretty flat and lost. They could easily won last week, but week before they put up a complete dud and lost by 17 at home to the Titans and didn't score any points in that game. So not really sure we're going to get from their side here. I uh, think it's an easy pass. Next game of the early games, we have Carolina heading to New Orleans. New Orleans laying nine at home with a total of 45. Look at line for this game. 
Uh, New Orleans five and a half, and this game opened New Orleans minus nine. And a lot of this move, obviously, dealing with the quarterback issues for Carolina. We know, uh, I know we talked about it last week about the Carolina quarterbacks and the injuries they had, and we thought maybe they'd have a chance with Heineke behind center, but he didn't look too sporty by any stretch. He was a he used to play for the Vikings, and we had a little bit of high hopes for him, but nothing, uh, you know, prime time spotlight, not prime time, but in the spotlight didn't show too good. But uh, anyways, now they're going to a third stringer and. I have very little information on this game and another one. Um, I don't know. New Orleans has nothing to play for. Carolina is a bad team. So, I mean, it seems to me I, I lean Carolina here just because, like I said, New Orleans is not going to be playing too hard, you would think. But Carolina is trying to save a little bit of face. But um, uh, at the same time, uh, you can understand why the, the line move comes in at such a high number. Yeah. I, uh, I I have no opinion on was Kyle Allen, I think, is the starter. I've Never even heard the guy's name. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was, on my screen, it's Kay Allen. I wasn't sure if it's Kyle Allen or Keenan Allen if he's uh, switching, switching, switching teams and, and spots. But. Late season trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, honestly, maybe that just shows I'm not a good enough college football mind, but never heard of the guy. Uh, no opinion. New Orleans doesn't have anything to play for, though, either. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of kind of strange when they have zero motivation that they're laying this many points, but against Kyle Allen, and I think their backup is – Garrett Gilbert. Uh, the only, about the only thing that's too bad here is we don't get a uh, Chris Berman doing the highlights. If he did make an appearance saying, Garrett Gilbert, grape. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, no no opinion on this one. Don't uh, don't even want to watch it or have any opinion on it at all. Uh, next game, we got the Jets heading to New England. New England's a 13, 13 and a half point home favorite with a total of 45. Uh, yeah, look at line here. New England 13. Uh, opener 13 as well uh no no opinion much on this game i i, I really i guess it, to me i think it'd be more of an alert uh, not to bet new england i just don't know how you can back them right now um yeah they 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 dominated look pretty good against buffalo like you said pretty lucky backdoor cover there at the end of the game not really playing for anything just kind of playing a prevent defense and letting them score to get that backdoor cover uh assuming you got a good number at the at close but um this seems here like the you'd think the Jets would be able to keep it somewhat competitive, but uh, you know at this point in the season I just don't. Again, it's a lot of motivation, and I don't really have any gung ho feeling uh, with with the Jets and, and Darnold. Uh, it's, I could see them just nailing it in as well. So, um, uh, yeah, like to me, I, I guess I lean Jets and definitely couldn't bet the Patriots here, but I'm probably gonna pass the game. So yeah, I I would lean Jets, but then again, you're getting into a little bit dangerous territory where they've been known to get blown out, and New England has everything to play for here. They could vault all the way up to the one seed if KC and the Chargers lose. Uh, or they could clinch the first round by in the two seed if they win. Or if Baltimore and Houston and Tennessee all lose, even if they lose, they could still hold on to the two. So I think they'll be pretty motivated here. And the spot where it feels a little bit high, I think, but just I just don't think that's a spot where it's really worth uh Putting putting any harder money on betting against the Pats on this spot. Uh, next game, we got Detroit heading to Green Bay. Another meaningless game here. Looks like uh, Detroit's, I mean, Green Bay's an eight-point home favor, the total of 45. Uh, yep, no look at line available here. I think a lot of that has to do with the question of Rodgers, whether he's going to play. Uh, opener here at Westgate was seven and a half. Green Bay favorite, of course. Um, uh, this is a game, I, I don't know, I, uh, it's a lot of points, but I, the only way I could look here would be Green Bay, I just don't think this Detroit team's too bettable, I mean, they just looked just absolutely dead against the Vikings, and I know the NFL, one, one game they look bad, the next game they look good, but it feels to me like this Detroit's just a dead team, Stafford's look pretty shaky, I mean, granted, they're going against a good defense last week in Minnesota, but still, it's just, uh, 
they haven't been there, missed some throws, and it, it. I don't know. Just I don't really see it coming along, and I don't really see anything changing. And, and on the other token of the coin, Green Bay's out of the playoffs, and that's not really a team you like to back when they've seen so many playoffs appearances and and in recent seasons, and then now not be able to make the playoffs at all uh, with a high quality and high caliber high caliber quarterback. But I think this is a statement game again, kind of like what's last week for Rodgers. He needs to go out there, coming uh, you know coming home here, last game of the season with new coach, uh, interim coach, and you know, show that he hasn't lost it and show that the team's going to be good to go into the next year and keep the fan base on board. So I think motivation and spot wise, I think I like the Green Bay and I just really don't like Detroit going into Lambeau here. I feel like it might be a little bit of a slaughterhouse, but that extra hook is definitely going to keep me off it. So uh, I, the only way I could get a bet here is if it gets a, you know, seven or below, I think I just can't, can't lay the extra hook. And I don't even know if seven, seven might be a little bit too rich as well. So we'll kind of see where this line move go. Cause I could see some money coming in on Detroit just for the fact that, you know, whatever you have two teams that aren't playing for anything. It's just a high point spread, but I'll kind of watch and monitor this line, but like only way I could bet, only way I could look here or bet is uh, Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're they won that. They fell down way behind the Jets, and then they came back and got a big win in overtime to avoid going 0 8 on the road last week. So I just I think I know there's quotes that Rogers is pretty motivated about not being. I think it was the first Packers team ever to go 0 8 on the road last week, and seemed like they put a lot of effort into that. So I could maybe see what you're saying where he wants to keep it going and kind of keep continue to show that McCarthy was an issue. But I also think it could be a situation where it's like, all right, they got that done. They had a long overtime game, and now they're uh, coming back home, and they got nothing to play for, and they're just going to kind of go through the motions here when all you hear about from a Packers perspective is who they're interviewing for coaches. They're bringing in Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell and <laughs> a lot of pretty unattractive names, which I kind of like to hear as a Vikings fan, as opposed to the Chicago approach with last year, bringing in Nagy and some up-and-coming offensive minds. i uh, much prefer that they keep looking at these older defensive-minded retreads. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have – I didn't think of anything I would lean Detroit here, but I, I don't think you could force me to put your money on this one. Next game is Jacksonville heading to Houston. Houston six and a half point home favorite with a total of forty and a half. Um, yeah, it looks like look headline here. Jacksonville seven and a half. This game opened uh, about seven and a half as well. Like I said, there's a lot of different openers. Seven, seven and a half. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint it, but um, yeah, I I don't know. This is just you look at Jacksonville. They're doing uh the Bortles experiment here. Seems every other week, uh, giving them a few weeks off. Another you got at the end of the game or part of the game last week after the pathetic performance and then uh he, he looked halfway decent um i mean take that with the grain of salt i guess against miami but uh now he's getting the start again uh behind center so take that as you will i still don't have much faith in bortles i don't think he's figured it out by any stretch now he's going to go against a houston d especially that that front seven uh gonna be pretty gonna be pretty brutal as well so i feel like he's gonna get banged around here a lot but uh at the same time i just don't have any faith in uh in, in houston either laying laying this many points so uh, easy pass for me yeah, I, I agree. In terms of playoffs here, Houston could vault all the way to the number one seed if New England, Casey, and the Chargers all lose. Um, looks like they could they could get a first round bye if they win and New England loses, or uh, they win and Kansas City and the Chargers lose. So, and then they just need to win in order to clinch the AFC South unless Indy and Tennessee tie the night game. So in terms of motivation, they have the sky is the limit as far as how high they can go. And But regardless, they still need 
to in order to win the division. It's pretty much a win the game, they win the division, lose the game, they lose the division. So as far as that goes, um, I know Jacksonville played hard last week. But then again, like who knows what you're going to get from them. They're kind of a whack-a-mole team in terms of motivation. Sometimes they pop up and sometimes they never show. Um, I don't know. I, I think just from that fact alone, I think Houston is kind of the way I'd look here at six and a half. Uh, you know, even even if you take motivation out of the question, Houston's at home, so we give them whatever the three for home. And talking about are they three and a half points better than Jacksonville? I'd say they probably are regularly, and add the motivation factor on top. I mean, I guess Jacksonville might want to play spoiler, but uh, I don't think I would. This is one of my favorite games of the year by any means. I'm not going to bet a ton on it, but I definitely lean towards the uh, Houston side of the equation at six and a half here. Next uh, game is Atlanta at Tampa. Looks like Tampa's a one-point home favorite here with a total of 50 and a half. Uh, yeah, opener, or uh, look at line here, Atlanta minus three. Opener, Atlanta about two and a half. And, uh, yeah, some money coming in on Tampa. Get this line down to where you said, like you said, around a pick them. Uh, but even, even, yeah, I'm seeing some one and a half on Tampa. So, yeah, pretty big move here. Decent move. Which, I don't know if I necessarily understand it. I mean, both these teams have nothing to play for. Uh, Tampa was you know, competitive and they looked pretty decent against Dallas, but at the same time, uh, just from the stats perspective, they did uh, it. I don't know. I I I don't have much. Still not much opinion, like I said, because it's hard. When, again, you're judging motivation, but to me, I I don't really know if I understand the move a whole lot here. And I think if anything, I'd look at Atlanta getting points, but uh, not not a strong play. Yeah, see, I think I'd go the other way. I kind of like Tampa. We've been waiting for the the Jameis blow up game. And it really hasn't happened totally. He hasn't gotten full Jameis yet. So maybe, you know, maybe he's past that or maybe it's going to happen this week. But I think Atlanta, I mean, they were, they they blew out the Cardinals a couple weeks ago and then they blew out the Heineke and whoever came in to replace him in that game last week against the Panthers who had nothing to play for. So I know Tampa doesn't, but it seems like they're almost like a Cincinnati type team where it seems like the last handful of years they've, basically been out of it early and then they've kind of fought back late and put up some respectable games. So I actually agree with the move and uh, I, I actually like Tampa a decent amount. Like I said, I'll keep preferencing it with it's hard or and you said also when you got two teams that have nothing to play for and the motivation could be wildly against you. Uh, never something I'd go crazy on, but I'd, I'd lean towards Tampa here. And speaking of that, we got Miami heading to Buffalo, uh, Buffalo three and a half point home favor, the total of 39 and a half. Um, yeah, it looks like the look headline here, Buffalo minus three, uh, the opener, Buffalo minus three and a half. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I like the three number better. I feel like this just be a three, uh, Buffalo uh, at home here. The, a lot of concerns. I, I think at the current number three and a half, I think I lean Buffalo just for the fact that Miami, like I said, they needed that game like blood last week. And I thought that was a motivational factor against the Jacksonville team that's just been dead. Uh, late in the season here, and they went in there and showed pretty much nothing. It was just a pretty pitiful performance. Uh, box score and everything would show that, and then just the you know the final score, I only put up seven points um, against a questionable, questionably motivated uh, Jacksonville defense. So I thought uh, I had a little more faith in Tannehill and stuff. Uh, glad I didn't uh, go full out with that play like as it's gung-ho as I was about it on the podcast uh, last week, so it was good to stay back a little bit. But like I said, I feel like they're kind of just ready to get to the, the finish line here of the season, Miami, and you know, who, who knows about the coach, uh, Tannehill, uh, Gates, whatever, all those people, see, see, what, see what happens there in the uh, Miami organization. But 
feels like a pretty rough spot for them after they got beat up uh, in playoffs hopes last week and have no chance. Now they are uh, got to go travel north in the cold to, to a Buffalo team that's been hungry and been playing pretty competitive, just haven't been able to cover point spreads uh, when they're laying points here as of late. So that'd be the one thing that concerns me, but the only way I could look here is Buffalo. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Nothing, nothing else to add. Now on to the late games. There's an abnormal amount of late games here because they wanted to put a lot of the games later that had corollary interest. If you know one team needed another team to win for something to happen, they wanted to make sure they're at the same time. So one team didn't have uh, an advantage of seeing what they had to do after another game concluded. So the first game here is Oakland heading to Kansas City. Looks like Kansas City is a 13.5 point favorite with a total of 52.5, 53. Uh, yep, look at line here. Kansas City 13.5, and, and the opener was 13.5 as well, Kansas City uh, at the Westgate. And, yeah, not a whole lot of movement, or not much at all here, at least at the Westgate, and uh, been pretty steady. Uh, I I don't know, I usually don't like laying big points here, but I think uh, Oakland, they, they looked pretty good uh, in primetime last week on Christmas Eve. Uh, I think that was kind of their closing, I, I don't know, um, of, of how they play. I, I just feel like Kansas City, after a little bit of a letdown last week, against Seattle on the road there that they're going to come home and, and, and play strong. You would, you would assume here when they got something to play for and need to win this game in order to, to hold the, the number one seed and hold the division. So uh, I feel like it's pretty strong effort and motivational wise, you got to look what really, really in favor of Kansas city. So obviously a big price to pay, but the only way I could look here would be laying the, the big point. Yeah, I agree again. Definitely felt like Oakland, not that that was their super bowl by any means, but I feel like that was kind of their send off, put a good game for probably their last game at home in Oakland in prime time. And now they head on the road and you got Kansas city off a loss in prime time, returning home, needing that game. Uh, let's see. They're, they're probably going to have the, the one locked up. What's the scenario they got here? Something to win or a chargers. So that basically everybody else, the chargers and new England and Houston all to lose in order to keep the home field throughout the playoffs in the AFC. And just in order to secure a first-round bye, they need a Chargers and New England loss, even if they lose, and that will, um, and that will clinch them a first-round bye. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think they'll win this game without a doubt. Uh, it's just a matter of if they can cover the number. And I think you've got a good effort from Kansas City and a bad effort from Oakland. It's just a huge price to be laying. So I don't know if I'll quite get there or not, but. I agree. I like Kansas City side. Uh, got Philly heading to Washington. It's like Philly's a six and a half, seven with juice point favorite on the road. Total of forty one and a half, forty two. Yeah, look at line here. Philadelphia minus five and a half. The Westgate open seven and a half. Philadelphia. Um, only only one way I could look here would be Washington. I feel like you're going to pay a little bit of a point spread tax just because of the spot for Philadelphia trying to make the playoffs and they need the win. In order to make the playoffs, plus a Vikings loss, so I feel like you're getting a little bit of an extra tax there. And I don't love Washington; I don't really want to back them, and probably will not get there. But uh, I just can't bet Philly here. I think you're paying too much of a tax. I don't trust this team much as much right now. And I won't be. I think they're going to win the game probably, but I want for as high of a point spread they're laying. I don't think it's like I definitely want to bet money line by any stretch. I think they have a chance. I think they could. I want to be super surprised if uh, Philly end up losing this game outright, just because, uh, like I said, I think you're kind of overhyping the spot of them needing to make win this game in order to make the playoffs or have a shot at the playoffs. So probably won't bet the game, but like I said, I'd look at the Washington side. Yeah, I think the praise for Foles has gone a little bit out of control here. 
definitely came through and they've played pretty well the last couple of weeks and they've had a couple of big wins, but I think people are kind of overlooking when he played the first couple of weeks of the year and looked very unimpressive. Uh, you know, maybe he'll keep it going, but I, I, I agree. I think Washington hasn't been great since Johnson's taken over the reins, but they've looked fairly competitive and a home game here. I'm sure they'd love to play a spoiler to the defending Super Bowl champ. So I think, I think it's pretty rich and, even I think Philly's kind of throwing people a little bit off the scent here, uh, having a couple good games the last couple weeks. Uh, I, I I think I uh, I like Washington here. I don't know if I go as quite as far as say the money line, but I'd uh, take the points and maybe sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Uh, shout out to VR there. <laughs> but uh, next game, got Cleveland and Baltimore. Little known fact. Uh, Baltimore actually used to be uh, in Cleveland, for uh, for those who don't know. I'm sure you'll hear Thanks, that Frank. about 500 times this week. Uh, Baltimore is a six-point home favorite with a total of 41. Yeah, look at line here. Baltimore minus four and a half. Game open, Baltimore minus six. And again here, I think uh, a little bit of a point spread uh, tax you're paying for Baltimore. Need to win this game to win the division. Pretty big uh, deal there to take uh, Pittsburgh off the throne and get into the playoffs and Pretty pretty crazy situation because even like Kansas City and the Chargers, if they don't win the division, they're, they're still going to be in the playoffs. Obviously, a huge difference between the number one seed and the five seed and having the first round by a notch and having to go on the road, but still making the playoffs. For this is just a huge uh, difference because if Baltimore doesn't win, I, I believe they're out of the playoffs. Is that, that's correct, right? Yeah, so it looks like um, they clinch the AFC North if they win or Pittsburgh loses. And yeah, or else they're out of the playoffs, yeah, and they then, could get all the way to the number two seed if they win, and New England and Houston both lose, then they'll jump all the way up and get a first round bye, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, so obviously that uh, that six seed is going to be decided between Indianapolis and Tennessee uh, Sunday night, so that'll be the the game for the final spot in the AFC North. So, or sorry for the AFC, but for the AFC North's concerned, obviously Baltimore needs to win this game and they're in. So. Um, I haven't been a big fan of Baltimore, and I don't know. I, I, I think I like the look at the Cleveland side again here. Kind of looks sound repetitive from the last game, but I feel like Cleveland's playing hard. They would be, uh, I think, love to play spoiler. Uh, the problem, obviously, being is you, uh, if you do win, you get the Pittsburgh to win the division. But I think they've been playing pretty well. I've liked what they've seen. I like what I've seen from them uh, as of late here, and I feel like they have a good chance of uh, you know staying in this game and keeping it competitive. So I, I look at Cleveland in the points. Yeah, I pretty much echo that. I. I don't know if I'll quite get there with Cleveland or not, but I really want to bet against Baltimore. It was a good win last week against San Diego, but I'm still not a believer in Baltimore for the most part. I just don't think that's sustainable what they're doing. Uh, and I do think Cleveland's been pretty frisky here of late, and I think they'd love to play spoiler as well. It's just the fact that Cleveland's motivation, I think it has to be somewhat manufactured, whereas Baltimore's is about as pure as it gets. So uh, I think they're going to pull at every stop to make sure they win this game. So that might stop me potentially from betting against them. I'm, I'm debating if I want to take Cleveland here or not this week. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that Indy Tennessee got flexed for the night game, so we'll skip that. Uh, Cincy Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh laying 14 and a half at home with a total of 45 and a half, 46. Yeah, opener here, Pittsburgh 13. Or sorry, look at line, Pittsburgh 13. Doing it backwards here this week. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, look at line was 13. The opener, 15 and a half. So adjustment there, obviously, because of the division. The way the game's played out, um, yeah, that's an easy pass for me. I mean, I just feel like since he kind of had kind of like similar to Oakland, had a home not a home run spot, but had a, a last kind of ditch effort last week, and 
they did get the point spread cover last week against Cleveland, but uh, I think that was a pretty dominant game on Cleveland's end. And since he really had no business of uh, being in that point spread backdoor cover there. So I feel like, uh, you know, I don't really like them going into this week, but the one thing that would stop me from definitely not betting Pittsburgh, like I said, you know, it's an easy pass for me is because Pittsburgh always plays down to their competition. Again, you'd say, oh, it's the spot they need to win, must win to get in the playoffs, blah, 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 that they're going to come out and really show some fire. And yeah, it's definitely possible, but I don't know how many times we've said that this year and in and, and the past few years, and then they just always play their level of competition. So that's what's definitely keeping me away from for sure not betting Pittsburgh, and I don't think I can pull the trigger on Cincy. So like I said, easy pass. Yeah, so here, uh, two ways Pittsburgh can make the playoffs. They need to win in either scenario. Uh, they get in if Baltimore loses, or the other scenario would be if Indian Tennessee end in a tie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so one's probably more live than the other. Uh, but either way, Pittsburgh is going to be ultra motivated here, like you said. Uh, with Pittsburgh's not a team, I trust laying this type of points or these type of points. So no opinion for me, but yeah, since he looked about as dead as they could until a very late backdoor against Cleveland, so I'm not going to be involved here either way. Next game, Chicago at Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota land four and a half at home with a total of forty and a half. Um, yeah, the look at line here, Minnesota six and a half. Opener, Minnesota six and a half or six. But yeah, some money came in here. Um yeah, opened pretty high there on Minnesota and some money's coming pretty heavy. Or not heavy, but a little decent amount of money on Chicago. Which uh, I think I do agree with. Uh, probably, but again, I don't know if that's information based or if it's just a move. That's that's a hard part to decipher here at the late late part of the year, especially week seventeen. So um, I'm not sure exactly uh, how they're going to play this game or who's going to be playing for Chicago. I know I heard somebody say uh, they don't expect Trubisky to be playing the whole game, and they're kind of going to watch at halftime to see uh, where the Rams are because the only thing Chicago has to play for is where, where, see where the Rams play. If, if the Rams win, they're going to clinch the the second uh, seed or you know, be in the second seed, and then Chicago will be number. What uh, number four? Um, so and even number, if they, number three or number three, sorry. And then uh, they, I think they could go down to number. Can they go down to number four or not? Nope. Dallas is locked into the four, so oh, okay. Chicago's going to have the three regardless. Yeah, okay. I don't think we touched unless, it. Down. Unless the Rams lose and they win, they move up to the two. Okay. So yeah, they don't. So yeah, the only way they can advance is go up to the two. So uh, it's probably pretty unlikely we'll get to that Rams game here, but pretty unlikely they're going to lose that game just based off the point spread. So. Uh, like I said, it feels like, uh, to me, if, if you're going to bet Chicago, it feels like you'd have to do it first half, uh, assuming, like I said, assuming the Rams are going to beat San Francisco and be up at halftime by a big margin, if that is true, uh, what, what they're going to do, and then they bench the starters at the second half, if they don't have any chance, just to not to throw any scheme and possible injury risk, so, uh, but as for the game, I just, uh, I just really don't trust this Minnesota team, uh, right now, uh, especially against the Chicago team, play spoiler. Uh, it'd be a pretty easy pass for the game for me. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, we haven't mentioned that yet, but a lot of these teams where their fates are, well, not not fates, but what uh, the their outcome as far as the seeding or playoffs are concerned when they're tied to another team's performance, uh, especially if a team's a big favorite to win. I think looking at the first half is absolutely the way to go because if they look get into halftime or even have midway through the third quarter and they see the scoreboard and the team that they need to lose is up 25 here, in this case the Rams. Uh, I could see the Chicago absolutely pulling their starters and resting them up to rematch the Vikings the next week. So I think that's why this point spread seems a little bit high at first glance. Uh, no real opinion on the game, but I think that's a, a very good point to keep in mind if you are thinking about the Chicago side. 
Uh, I'd say first half or first half money line would probably be the way I'd attack it. And if you're looking at the Vikes, I think the full game would be the way to go about it. Uh, Vikes playoff scenario is pretty simple. It's if they win, they get in. If they lose, they need a Philly loss as well. So it's, uh, I'd say, you know, Philly is obviously a seven point favorite on the road. So not quite a win and in scenario, but I think that's the way the, they're going to be playing this one. So hopefully, uh, as a Vikes fan, they can get the win here and we can get ready for a rematch in Chicago in the uh, opening round of the playoffs. Next game is the Chargers heading to Denver. Chargers laying six and a half on the road with a total of 41 and a half. Oh, uh, yeah. Look at line here. Uh, Chargers minus five and a half. The game opened six and a half. Chargers and. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, I just don't really think this Denver team has much left in the tank. And you know, you're talking about them maybe being a potential playoff team several weeks back, and I, we just didn't really buy it. I didn't like it, and this whole Keenum talk has been nonsense all year long and kind of coming to fruition as we've seen. But just uh, yeah, this team. I don't know the head coach, quarterback. I think everything defense is definitely a lot weaker than it used to be, and it's just a team that's uh, you know not not rebuild, but I think it's uh, you know kind of closer to that talk as opposed to Super Bowl. So. Uh yeah, I don't think I don't think they're in a good spot here. I just uh, this would be generally be a time where you'd want to take Denver as a, a spoiler in a division type of deal to, against the Chargers, but uh, I, I just couldn't do it. I, I don't think I can pull the trigger on Denver, so pass for me. Yeah, I like the shot at the uh, Keniacs. I know I've had some friends and just people on talk radio here in Minneapolis that oh they went thirteen and three last year. You know Keenum's a good quarterback and look at the record and it's like well now they're six and nine they're probably gonna lose this one and be six and ten so now is he a bad quarterback or Maybe maybe wins don't 100% attribute to an individual player on a team. Uh, basically, look at Keenum throughout his career. He's been a journeyman, and then they just happened to have one year where they kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year and had a really good record. So um, even though Cousins hasn't been terrific, I'm absolutely happy that the Vikings front office was smart enough not to fall into that trap and pay Keenum a decent amount here in that last year's contract window. Uh, as far as this goes, Chargers win, and they need a KC loss to the Raiders, so I think they'll probably be trying right away, but this, like you mentioned last game, this could be a, you get a good effort from the Chargers right away, and then once they see that Kansas City's blowing out Oakland, they kind of call off the dogs, and you'd imagine a quarterback like Rivers that's kind of a little long in the tooth at this point in his career. Uh, I'm sure he's a competitor and wants to play, but I could easily see him taking him out and saying, you need all the rest you can get for our, uh, game heading to who's the who's the four seed in the the AFC it'd be the what it would be the Baltimore Baltimore so yeah it's a rematch Baltimore I could see them saying we need you as uh rested and ready as you can be to either head back to Baltimore or or back to Pittsburgh or play Baltimore again or head back to Pittsburgh so uh, I'd like the Chargers in a vacuum but with the situation here at hand I think it's kind of a easy stay away next game is Arizona at Seattle uh, Seattle 13 and a half point home favorite, the total 38 and a half. Um, yeah, look at line here, Seattle 10 and a half game opened Seattle. Uh, looks like they didn't open it up until today uh, morning. It uh, looks like the opener is 13 on Seattle. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you bet this game myself. <laughs> I think uh, Arizona is a dead team. I just can't, I can't bet them to me. They're kind of like Denver. I just can't put my money on them right now. Um, I haven't been able to for a long part of the end of the season, I guess, and glad I haven't for the most part. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and likewise, Seattle. Jesus, <coughs> getting a little wind of this cold weather, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I can't bet Arizona. And 
too many points for me for Seattle. So um, with not a whole lot to play for other than just uh, you know to win the game and not not win by a margin and probably pull their stars if they're winning by a lot by halftime. So uh, easy pass for me. Yeah. So if Seattle loses, they'd be nine and seven, and the Vikes could get to nine, six, and one. So I guess the this playoff scenario thing that I was looking at doesn't even have Seattle listed here, but I. I there is a scenario where the Vikings, if they win, would move up to the five seed and Seattle loses would move down to the six. And I think he'd rather go into Dallas than into Chicago and play in the elements at this point. So I think Seattle will be motivated to win. And that's probably, aside from Arizona being a complete uh, garbage team that's quit, I think that's part of the reason why this point spread so high. Uh, I don't think you'll likely see them completely pulling starters unless they have a, a huge lead or the Vikings are down a ton early. So, I no no opinion here. Zero interest in back in Arizona, but not going to not going to play Seattle here either. Next game, San Francisco heading to the Rams. Uh looks like the Rams are 9.5, 10-point home favorites with a total of 48.5-49. Uh yep. Look at line here Rams minus 9, opener Rams minus 10. Got but down a little bit and yeah, kind of bounced around between 9 and 10, 9.5 and, and 10 for this game and Another one, in no opinion, I feel like uh, the Rams are going to go in here, take care of business, and pretty similar to Seattle, uh, try to win this game outright, and then maybe not put their foot in the pedal a whole lot and rest some starters if they're if they're winning by a decent amount in halftime. So yeah, another one I just don't have any opinion on. And San Francisco has been good to get a, as of late, but uh, uh, not, I don't think I could like them in this spot again here. A uh, little bit of a hostile environment, especially in the first half. I think going into the to the Rams here uh, when they need to win the game to keep the number one seed or potentially keep yeah. the number one. Yeah, number two. So oh, the Saints are keep, locked in. Get into a first round bye. Sorry. Yep. Yep. So if they win, they got to keep their first round bye and the two seed. Or if Chicago loses to the Vikings, then they keep it either way. So pretty likely, but not assured that they'll stay in the two spot, but they still have some motivation to at least win the game outright. But I echo your opinion here. I don't really have a lot of thoughts and won't be involved in this one. Yeah. So the thing uh, I have to real quick about Seattle, Minnesota. Yeah. So they go by the best. Winning because the most amount of wind, or is it uh, the best you know, win, win percentage? Oh, it's win percentage base. I didn't okay because I was looking it up here. I'm not seems a little well. Uh, nine and seven. If, if the Vikes are nine, six, and one, and Seattle's nine and seven, obviously the Vikes are going to get in or get you know, get the seated ahead of them. Yeah, I wasn't sure because I what it spelled out. It's kind of confusing. It doesn't say like who has a more who has the better. I guess okay. All right, anyway, guys, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's no way the team that tied one more game instead of lost would be, you know, negatively heard from it. Or if it is, I'd, I, like I said, if it is, because I don't see it spelled out in this scenario sheet, then that would be an absolutely ridiculous rule by the NFL, but I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Um, Sunday night, we got Indy heading to Tennessee. Looks like Indy's, Indy's up to a three-and-a-half-point road favorite here with a total of 43-and-a-half, 44. Yeah, look at line here, Indy minus two-and-a-half. And the opener, uh, about Indy 3 is what I'm seeing here. For the most part, open this morning, uh, widely available. But, yeah, 2.5-3. So, I, is this the only game on the board that has two teams that are both playing for something? Like, I mean, uh, you know, directly, I'm trying to think of any other team here. I, I can't see any. Chicago, other. Minnesota, but it's yeah. not. But quite I mean, as big a deal for Chicago. I guess I'd say, I guess I'd say two teams that are for sure going to be playing the whole whole game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't think of yep. any other games where like the win, I guess, really comes out as any team that doesn't depend on another team. I don't think there's anything that's uh, 
So yeah, no, that's, that's that's why they flex this one to uh, Sunday night because any of the other outcomes don't affect this, and they're both going to be totally motivated with all the other games. The motivation's in question at some point for the teams. Yeah, but for me here, I don't know. It seems, uh, yeah, it got bet up here a little bit, uh, where it's kind of out of my range. But I think at at three, which there may be a few out there, still threes with a little bit of extra juice. I think I look at the the, the indie side and. The money coming on Indy early in the week tells me that you know the quarterback obviously might be mostly the move because of Tennessee's quarterback. Mariota looks like he he's not sure if he's gonna be playing or not, and even if he does play, not gonna be fully healthy. So I think that uh, I don't love Mariota, but I think he's a decent. Uh, I'd say just below. I think it's looking good. He cleared the concussion protocol, and I said they're he's likely or they're optimistic he's gonna play. So I, well, like you said, he might not. Be, who knows if he'll be 100 percent healthy? But I'd say it's a pretty good chance at this point that he's gonna gonna give it a go. Yeah, so the way I'd play it, I guess, is uh, I think the only way I could look be in Indianapolis because it'd just be hard for me to bet Tennessee not knowing 100% how healthy Mariota is. So I think if anything, maybe wait if that is true, wait and see if he gets announced and then maybe some money will come back in on Tennessee because uh, maybe the market right now doesn't assume that he's going to be playing for sure. Uh, then maybe get a better little better number on Indy. But even then, I don't know if I'll be betting it or not, but I think that'd be one way i look into be Indy laying points on the road even though I don't like doing that a whole lot. Yeah, I think... I'd say, you know, who knows, maybe I'll have to eat my words. I've done it before, but I'd say it's overwhelmingly likely Mariota is going to be the starter, so I would say play it as that's the case. But like you said, if, if the market kind of overreacts or, or does move on that when he officially gets announced, that is potential where you can get a little bit better number on Indy. Uh, but if you like Tennessee, I think I'd, I don't think it's a rush to lock in now, but I, I think it's if he does get announced as starter, I don't think it's really going to be anything different than what we already know now. So you might as well take it now because it's the market's not going to move against them. Uh, so I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I'd, I'd like to take Indy here, but yeah, I'm just not going to lay three and a half on the on the road. And if you can get like a flat three at some point, that's probably the way I'd look too. But I don't know. I'd, I'd just, I think we've seen this game too where Tennessee's had a pretty – good defense for the most part and their home team and prime time and that's kind of the old classic home dog spot which i think has somewhat faded away i don't think it's nearly as great of a spot as it wasn't was but it's still kind of scary for me to to buck that especially with a team like indy that andrew luck's been awesome but if he's not just a little bit off or you know he gets hit a couple times early uh, who knows if they're going to be able to keep up uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, no real opinion. I guess for the most part on here, I'd, I'd want to take Indy, but I just, I think I'd be too a little too scared to pull the trigger here. As far as interest from uh, going into the playoffs, I would, I'd much prefer Andy to be in there. I'd, I'd, I think I'd want to back them as a, a road team going into New England or going into Houston much more than I would with the Titans team. So I'm, I'm kind of rooting for that just from a uh, value going forward standpoint. But that'll do it. For the week 17 slate here, let's go ahead and wrap up the pod and do our picks of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, so last week we both got wins. I had Pittsburgh catching six against New Orleans and they ended up losing by three. So that gets me back to seven and seven on the year. And uh, been hot as of late, and I think you've been even hotter. You've had uh, last week. You had a tease with the Texans up to eight and a half, and the or was it seven and a half, whatever it was. You had the Texans up 
to uh, about yes, seven, and then seven. you had Dallas down to one. Uh, yep. So you got there fairly easily as well, and that gets you back to five, eight, and one on the season. So I think you've hit like four in a row now. Uh, I believe you still got the tee box, do you not? I think I do, and uh, a little bit uh, nerve-wracking, I guess, uh, trying to keep the streak alive, but trying to do what we can here at the end of the season to get our picks of the week record back in shape and keep it going through the playoffs, but well, like I mentioned here, I don't have a whole lot of opinions on a lot of these games and definitely don't feel too confident releasing a play. Um, and even, I, we didn't really discuss many of the totals. I didn't uh, I didn't really have any opinions on those either. Just, uh, like I said, try to keep it as short as possible. It looks like it did run a little bit longer than we would have hoped. But um, let's uh, when, when there's not a whole lot of point spreads, I like just looking off of them, what I have to look at is a tease again. So I teased the last two weeks and uh, been winners. But uh, I just, I think the, yeah, like I said, I don't like a lot of the point spreads where they sit, so. I'll take a tease here, so uh, the one tease I'll look at is Houston again. I'll uh, take them. Looks like they're six and a half or seven. I think six and a half widely available. I'm just going to take down them to a, a half, which means I got to win the game. So uh, I like that again. I think against Bortles, I, I take uh, Houston to go in there and, and get the job done and win the game outright. And then the other one I'll do it with uh, pair with, which is one I liked. Uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, even maybe like laying the points, but uh, we'll be green Bay at home. Uh, another one. They'll just kind of pretty much have to win the game. I see seven and a half or eight. Uh, we'll go down to six there to get green Bay at uh, minus one and a half to pretty much win the game against Detroit there at home. I feel uh, pretty confident in that one. So two team teaser there again uh, to finish the season out. I'll go. Yeah. The, um, this pick of the week is obviously I think my least confident as as of the whole year. So go ahead Even and when there's slates where you don't really then, like right? what. So go ahead and bet your bankroll on it then, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, said even there's some weeks where you don't really like the slate that much, and you're kind of fighting for one. But at least there's you know a handful of options of games where everybody's going to be playing. Whereas here, it's just you don't know what you're going to get in at least half the games. But uh, I do like, I don't know if you're going to disagree on this one a little bit, but I do like the way the market moved. I think I'm going to take Tampa minus one as my pick of the week and hope to get on the positive side of 500 and keep it rolling into the playoffs here. So that'll do it. Any concluding weeks for the, uh, or concluding thoughts for the final regular season pod? Uh, no, man, like I said, uh, don't really expect a whole lot of volume this week. I uh, Maybe a play or two at the most, but even that might be a stretch. It might just be a complete pass for me uh, on, on the card here for the release plays uh, at realmsports.com. But hopefully get that pick of the week through and nothing else. I think I'll mostly be rooting to uh, see what other bets I have uh, from other people that I follow uh, on my on my slate of games. But uh, for the most part, I'll be uh, rooting for Minnesota here to get the job done in Chicago. All right, at Chicago, uh, with Chicago yeah. coming into town. That's what I was, that's what I was going to say was I might have a play or two here, but I'll be kind of taking your – betting cap off and putting on your fan hat and just kind of rooting for the Vikes and rooting against the Eagles and just uh you know going hopefully have a, a fun new year here before we come back for the wild card round pod next week so uh, that being said hope everyone had a great Christmas last week and hope everyone has a good uh, week 17 and any bets you do make hopefully they uh, come through and then hopefully everyone has a great new year and We'll be back to talk a little bit about Week 17, how everything unfolded, and then preview the wildcard games here uh, next same time next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.